Good morning, church. Good to see all of you this morning. I have coffee instead of water this morning since I lost an hour of sleep last night. Hopefully we can all get a nap in this afternoon. Wait until after the message to get your nap in. <laughs> this is the third Sunday of Lent that we are uh, in today. And as we've shared before, we're going through uh, this month of March by looking at the Psalms of Ascent as we go through Lent. And um, we've heard three of them already this morning. And so I invite you to turn your Bibles to Psalm 125. Maybe you're already there since we've, we're close to, close to that earlier. But before we get to reading that, um, we need to get to the Bible trivia that we've been doing each week during March here. Each week I'm putting three questions out there on social media and in, in the emails that get sent to you each week. And uh, so hopefully if you don't know the answers to them, you can look them up before you come on Sunday mornings. And uh, if you know the answer, go ahead and just say it out loud. But um, here's the first one for this week. Where was Jesus when he talked with the Samaritan woman and what time of the day did he talk to her? Yes, I heard the right answers. Jacob's well, just outside of Sychar, is where Jacob's well was. And it was noon, and the reason that it was noon was she went to the well when none of the other women were there because of her reputation and things like that. And so that's why she was there alone uh, when Jesus uh, talked to her at the well. Okay, I forgot to push the button there. There's the answer. Okay, here's the second one. Who was David's very close friend in 1 Samuel? Jonathan. And the story there is King Saul was trying to kill David. We're going to talk about that next month some in the message when we look at the life of David. But King Saul was trying to kill David and Jonathan was King Saul's son. So it's an interesting thing where Jonathan became a very close friend of David, whom his father was actually trying to kill. And so here's the third one for this week. What reason did Jesus give for not going up to the Feast of Tabernacles in the book of John? It wasn't his time. That's the correct answer. He actually said, my time has not come yet. So he was not going or if you some translations actually say my time is not here yet. And so. Uh, so, yeah, that is the correct answer for that one. If you read that, there's at the fir very first of that scripture, there's an answer you might have come up with. But if you read on, you realize that what Jesus said was the reason was actually that his time had had not come yet. So. All right, let's read uh, Psalm 125. It says, Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forevermore. The scepter of the wicked will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous, for then the righteous might use their hands to do evil. Lord, do good to those who are good, 
to those who are upright in heart. But those who turn in crooked ways, the Lord will banish with the evildoers. Peace be on Israel. I recently heard a story about a a woman who is celebrating her 104th birthday. And uh, the television reporter who was there to uh, report on and share this momentous birthday with her and others actually uh, interviewed her and asked her a question. And he said, the question was, what is the best thing about being 104? Her answer was, there's no peer pressure. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, peer pressure has been around for way more than 100 years. and, And the influence that it can have on us is something that needs to be paid attention to. It used to be something that was, you know, mainly among friends or maybe school kids maybe co-workers and things like that. But now it's just expanded because we have smartphones, we have the internet. Um, It really can be found around the world. You can have peer pressure from around the world coming at you instead of just at school or work or or so on. In many ways, uh, we can attribute peer pressure to the many cultural changes that we have seen in our country and in our world over these past 10 to 15 years. And most of them are not for for good. Perhaps another way to say that is most of them have turned people away from the ways of God and from the moral compass that is laid out for us in the word of God. Peer pressure can be good at times, We don't want to say that it's all 100% negative, but unfortunately, most of the time, it is a bad influence instead of being a positive one upon us. And we know how it works, of course. You know, if one uh, person becomes what they call uh, an influencer online, they can get many others to follow their actions, their beliefs, and even their view of the world, their their worldview. This is something that is happening in all facets of society, even in the church. We know it can happen, you know, to teenagers who are impressionable. But there are many Christian adults which have been moved from traditional Christian beliefs for many, many years. Long-held beliefs on morality and, and faith, and they have instead begun to embrace these views that are just hard or impossible to understand in light of Scripture and what we see in the teachings of Jesus. And so, with all of that going around us, going on around us these days, I find these Psalms today to to be an encouragement for myself and for all of us who, uh, as we face these headwinds that are coming against us or at us. First of all, I, I think we need to ask God for mercy 
in all of this. Mercy for going the wrong direction at times. And mercy from those who might ridicule us for staying on the straight and narrow. And Psalm 123, this first psalm that we heard today, it really is a cry for for mercy. Verse 2 says that we need to look to God for mercy. Verse 3 says, have mercy on us, Lord. Have mercy on us, for we have endured no end of contempt. We have endured no end of ridicule from the arrogant, of contempt from the proud. If we choose to to stay the course and not be swayed by the ways of the world or by even false prophets within the faith, we will be called all kinds of names. And we could be ridiculed uh, for so-called unloving ways. And, uh, you know, there used to be a saying, there still is, but used to be a popular saying, love the sinner, but hate the sin. And it feels like these days society wants us to love both of them or else, you know, be labeled a bigot or a hater. At the same time, we, we don't want to, you know, come across as the proud and arrogant that is mentioned in these verses. And so, you know, we need to be careful in how we speak the truth of God and how we share the, the, uh, the truth of Jesus with others. I think we probably should begin by asking the Lord for mercy in our own life before we go asking for mercy for our church or our community, our country, or even the world. And, uh, you know, it's undoubtedly a very, very tough world out there right now. But as David says in Psalm 124 here, our help is in the name of the Lord. He is the maker of heaven and earth. And earlier in that psalm, he said, if the Lord had not been our, on our side when people attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive when their anger flared against us. The reminder of David's testimony is that, that God will deliver us if we trust in his protection and in his ways and in his truth. And in his love for us. Because God is on our side. God is on the side of those who seek after him. And who truly do desire uh, to live for him. And that brings us to the main text for this morning. Which is Psalm 125. If you trust the Lord. If you remain faithful. You cannot be moved by any of these outside influences or peer pressures. Verse 1 says, Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, and endures, but endures forever. This pastor one time was visiting an elderly man, and uh, he had been a Christian for most of his, his long life. And so uh, this pastor remarked, he said, Well, sir, after keeping the faith for so long, 
He said, you must feel pretty confident of, of holding out to the end now. And the man replied and he said, well, it's not really a matter of me holding out. It's the Lord holding on to me. And the Bible assures me, he said, that I can trust him for that. I like that thought. That thought that, that we can trust the Lord to hold on to us, to keep us strong in times when we need to stay strong. Some translations of this first verse use the word moved instead of shaken. I don't know what your translation said as we, as we read that. The front of the bulletin today uh, has that version that says, I will not be moved. Now, to some, when you say that, I will not be moved, it might sound a bit prideful. But you can also hear it instead as just a voice of confidence. Instead of a puffed out chest, you know, saying those words, I will not be moved. You know, I'm standing on my ground no matter what you say. That's kind of how one of the impressions that comes at you when, you when you hear that. But instead of that, it's the confident voice of a person who says, you know what? Because the Lord is good to me and I trust in his faithfulness, I will not be moved from his truth. It reminds me of, of what the Lord said to Joshua as the Israelites were about to enter into the promised land. Many of the children this morning might recognize this first because they are learning it or memorizing it down in the primary department right now. Joshua 1.9 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go or where you go. In the midst of all the challenges that they would face, God promised to be with them through whatever might come. And I'm, uh, I'm reading a book right now by Erwin Lutzer, which has a title similar to the, the words on the front of the bulletin this morning. Except his title is, We Will Not Be Silenced. And when I, when I first uh, read the, that book title, I thought, you know, it sounded a little bit too direct for me. But as I'm, as I'm reading it, I understand where he is coming from. And one of the reasons I picked it up to read it, you can't quite see it there, but uh, Pastor David Jeremiah says, let me see if I can read it here, says, if I could put this book into the hands of every Christian in America, I would. And I thought, I probably better read that book. <laughs> but what, what he's saying is that, you know, we are called to represent Christ during this important time in history. And we need to pray that our light might shine more brightly than ever in an ever-darkening world. We echo what verse 4 says in Psalm 125. Lord, do good to those who are good, to those who are upright in heart. And we need to call uh, on Jesus to help us be the light that he was and is in our world. I know some of you have been watching The Chosen, uh, which uh, is streaming uh, right now. 
They just completed the third season of The Chosen, I think. And if you're not familiar with it, it is a very uh, well-done series on the life of Jesus and his disciples and um, their ministry, or Jesus' ministry and, and their ministry here on earth. But I love the way that they represent Jesus in that series. You know, he, he's not silent on the things that need to be said and the things that, that need to be addressed. And yet, he does it in a very loving and compassionate way. At times, of course, you know, he's very direct. But even when he's direct, you never, you never get the feeling that he is not doing it out of love for the people or out of love for the truth of God that needs to be proclaimed and, and spoken. God has called us and Jesus has commissioned us to be light in this world and the salt of the earth. We are not to hide that light or lose the flavor of the good news of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said these words as he was beginning the Sermon on the Mount. You are the salt of the earth, he said, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Then Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. And then he said this. He said, in the same way, let your light shine before others. That they may see your good deeds. And glorify your Father in heaven. Be strong. Be courageous. The Lord is with you wherever you go as you be the salt and light in this world. I really think security is one of the themes, one of the strong themes of this Psalm uh, 125. And you know, in this age of insecurity that we seem to be in, it feels like we need all the encouragement and the reassurance that we can get. We can be confident when we say, in God we trust. This pilgrim psalm of ascent shows us that God is our protector, that, that he's going to grant us security in this life. We don't know exactly when this psalm was written, but uh, there really isn't a time in all of Israel's history when these words would not have applied to them and been an encouragement for them. You know, Jerusalem is a city surrounded by hills, which would often provide fortification against invading armies. And so maybe it's possible that this uh, psalm was sung by the travelers or the pilgrims that I talked about last Sunday. Uh, at that moment when the hills, you know, came into view as they made their pilgrimage to uh, Jerusalem for the festivals. The one who made the hills is our security. Those who trust in the Lord are like, like Mount Zion, it says, which cannot be shaken, but will endure forever. You know, some people, um, some people treat the Christian life 
like walking a tightrope without a net underneath. Now, I, I've watched some of those uh, on TV, those live events where they, you know, cross the Grand Canyon on a, on a tightrope or whatever, and uh, they have nothing below them, and uh, they have to have a lot of belief in their self, <laughs> in themselves in order to be able to do that. And I doubt any of us could do that or would even want to try it, to do it. But you see, as Christians, we, we know that Jesus is going to be there for us if we fail or if we fall. We cannot be shaken. We cannot be moved if the hand of Jesus promises to be with us. We are and will remain God's people who are surrounded by his protection. Now, that doesn't mean, of course, that, that, we, uh, that we live carelessly or that, that we go out and jump off a, a cliff and expect God to, to save us from a terrible decision like that. But it, it does mean that we live with strength. We live with courage to face the trials and to face the battles that come along in this life. When a trial comes, you know, we don't bail on God. We set our feet firmly within his love and in his care for us. We, we say, I will not be moved from trusting God in this situation. And so, you know, what situation in life right now do, do you need to stake that claim on? Whatever it is, I, I encourage you to, to trust in the Lord and lean on him for the, the peace, for the guidance, for the strength, and for the wisdom that you need in that situation. Psalm 126 then moves us to uh, hope and to restoration. Most likely this was a psalm that was written when the exiles during that time returned from uh, captivity. Because we hear words like, the Lord is going to restore you. The Lord is going to restore your fortunes. So what that basically saying is that on the other side of your challenge, God has wonderful things waiting for you. In verse 3, it says, the Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Now, you know, you may not always feel joyful. Especially if you're going through something hard or you're in the middle of, of something that is difficult. But the promise of scripture is joy will come in the morning. In Psalm 35 verse 5 it says, weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. Why is that? It's because you are trusting Jesus and Jesus to restore you and to restore that light and that joy within you. Hope and restoration are always in play when God is our source of strength for the future. And that holds true in our personal lives as well as with all of the things going on in the world. Hope, restoration, 
and joy are always close by when our faith is truly placed in God. And I know uh, we speak about this often, I talk about it often, but it, it feels like our you know, world is just heading the wrong direction these days. I don't think it's really a new thing, but it feels extra heavy right now for a lot of us. I mean, it's, it's really been headed that way since the beginning of time when, when the entrance, with the entrance of sin into the world. But, you know, we place our hope for revival and for, for restoration in the Lord. But while we do that, of course, there is reason for us to be on guard with all of the peer pressures and, and false uh, prophets and false teachings and stuff like that. We must be sure not to give in to those ideas that we know are contrary to the Word of God. In recent weeks, you know, we've heard about the revival, or we've heard the word revival, and we've heard the phrase, uh, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, as it is used in reference to uh, what has started at Asbury University in Kentucky. We've talked about that several Sundays before. It's hard to know, you know, how that might spread or how it might renew hearts toward God. But that really is the kind of restoration that Jesus will bring when our hearts are turned toward him. In verse 4 here, the psalmist compares it to the streams of the Negev. When I was in Israel some years ago, we visited the Negev, and it's amazing, really, how dry and how desolate it is until the rains come. You can see it on the picture on the left there, um, just how dry it is. Um, but then the streams, when the rains come, the streams just burst forth. And the streams start to run, and you can see in the picture on the right there how different it begins to look. And I think that's a great picture for us, and they the, the use it here in Scripture, a great picture for us of what the Lord can do uh, for us. When we're in a dry and weary land, we trust in the Lord to send the rain, to send the hope, send the restoration that we need. And it will come. We need to pray for it. We need to watch for it. And we need to wait for it. The Lord's timing, you know, is oftentimes is not as quick as what we would maybe like it to be. But I think sometimes in that waiting, that time of waiting, when we feel like maybe God isn't hearing us or, or we're waiting for a response... Perhaps that's the time that God is wanting us to grow, giving us time to grow in our faith and our trust and our, uh, his faithfulness to us. I think of how many times, you know, we're talking about the Psalms this month, and I think about how many times in the Psalms we hear the phrase, how long, Lord? How long? And I think many times we, we ask that ourselves. The Lord will come. The Lord will come. But in our time of waiting, we need to say, I will not be moved from my trust and from my faith 
in Jesus. And when the winds of culture are blowing in our face or the difficulties of, of life are staring us down, we need to say, not with prideful arrogance, but with spiritual confidence, I will not be moved. I will not be shaken from what God has promised me and shown me and proclaimed to me about his truth. Amen? Can we put our faith and our, our trust in, in not being moved from those things? I hope we can. And uh, I, I want to end this morning. It's interesting that Lamar started the way he did this morning because I had uh, planned for us to do this anyway. But because of all the proclamations and things that we've talked about this morning, uh, last week I handed those cards out that encouraged us to memorize Psalm 121. And so um, does anyone want to come up and say it for us this morning? <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's only been one week, so, you know, I hope you are trying to learn it and memorize it. But we're going to try to uh, encourage that and help that by the way we end this morning. So if you can stand together at this time, if you're able, we're going to say Psalm 121 together. It's going to be on two screens, so I'll... Get it changed here when we get to the bottom. Ready? I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for being the rock in our life that we can place our faith and trust in. Help us, Lord, as we live this life and the many things that we face, either in our world or in our culture or just in our own lives, the things that come up that are not pleasant, things that are not convenient, things that are not uh, of our choosing. We pray, Lord, that we would give our heart to you, that we would trust in you, to be with us through those circumstances and those situations. And Lord, we pray that we would not be moved from our faith in you and our trust in you. Help us not to be shaken by uh, the many things in this world that try to shake us. Help us not to be moved from what your word says and promises to us. Help us not to be moved from the the way that you, Jesus, have taught us to live and be in this world. Help us to be salt and light to those that you place in front of us each and every day. It could be somebody at school. It might be somebody at our workplace. It could be a family member. It might be a friend, a neighbor. Lord, help us to be your light that shines bright 
in this community and in this world. And just help us, Lord, to, to stand firm in the faith that we have in you. Pray your blessing over each one here this morning as we go out from this place. Help us to go out into the mission field that you have called us to and help us to be uh, bearers of the good news of Jesus in this world. And we pray all of this and ask all of this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and all God's people said, amen. Have a great week, everyone. Hope to see you tonight at the congregational meeting at 5 o'clock.